This episode of Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets. And one of my favorite things about Zupan's is their fish department and their meat department. But this weekend only, buy one, get one, steelhead, get one free. The fillets this week only when you sign up for their email list. And while you're there, take advantage of Sumo Citrus being in season. We've been, uh, dare we say, Sumo Citrus evangelists for some time, Chris Angelus. <laughs> <laughs> evangelists yes i love sumo citrus i just had one last night as a matter of fact so did i they're so good and that little knot that's what they call that little bump at the top i i did some research since our last conversation chris it's the knot is is it's basically kind of like the little uh, you know it's the little you, you peel it first and then the, the peel just comes right off it's something to grasp onto yes it's pretty great and that's what we're all looking for in life. Something to grasp onto. Yes. Another thing for you to check out is the big game is just weeks away. Uh, they're prepping some great uh, things, marinated wings, stuffed jalapenos, house-made guacamole, and much, much more for your football feasting. So when you think of football, think of Zupan's markets and how to furnish the, you know, the food for the day. And there's a lot of smaller games until we get to the bigger game. Yep. So always be thinking of Zupan's. For sure, three locations to serve you. You've got McAdam, West Burnside, and Lake Oswego. And information always found where? Zupans.com. All right, here it is. Time once again. It's Portland's Food Scene Podcast right at the fork with your host, Chris Angeles from Portland Food Adventures. Have we spoken, Court, since this this ice storm, this weather nightmare? I think we spoke during it right. last week, and I traveled kind of in and out of it, but uh, I mean, it was a doozy. Yeah, it was. It came out of left field, so to speak, and uh, yeah, a lot of tree problems and house problems. I'm, I'm watching a home builder that I know in Lake Oswego talking about all the folks who battled him on new construction about uh, trees being cut down, and mm-hmm. now some of those trees have fallen on neighbors' houses. Yeah. So <laughs> anyway, it's kind of yeah. crazy. Now you can't, you can't have it both ways when it comes to that. And I know, you know, people want to keep the trees around, but when you've got um, those big, tall Douglas firs that are not grouped together, because when they're grouped together, you're probably safe because the root balls are all right. stuck. But when they're kind of out there on their own, can spell some danger. We're well, talking I trees. Ha- I had a tree fall on my house, man, and it felt like it was it was big. It didn't yeah. r- damage anything, but I was in the bedroom, you know, holed up there because I had no heat. And man, it was loud when that thing hit. So yeah, I can, it's scary I can stuff. Yeah. And I got some big trees around here too. Yeah. So um, anyway, that's all over with, and we've got some fallout with our Portland place, and so dealing with that. So um, it is what it is. It's winter time, and I'm glad not to be in the East Coast winters dealing with constant snow and shoveling and school cancellations that I had to deal with then, constant. Yeah. So um, we're happy. Now, that the reason we're mentioning that was the perfect segue into restaurants have had many challenges this is Mm -hmm. their slowest time of year 
And uh, it's always a little tough for them anyway. They're working on slim margins. And then they had that, which pretty much killed any opportunity for a profit in January and probably into February. So those folks listening, I don't think we need to remind the people who love our food scene to get out and support it. Um, or buy, I bought some gift cards last week, late last week, cause I couldn't get there. Yeah. Um, that's something you can do too. get gift cards to give them a little cash flow now is helpful. So, um, yeah, whatever anybody can do, uh, restaurants, it's not, a, it's not an easy business. I think a lot of people are, by the time they got into it and realized what they were into is too late to change careers. So, yeah. um, <laughs> right. So, well, I was that. happy, Chris, over this, this past weekend, um, we made it into downtown Portland on Saturday night and there was an event taking place at the Schnitzer and the restaurants that are in the theater district of, of Portland were packed. It's just like everybody wanted to go out cause they finally could after a week of not being able to do it. So I was happy to see, like people overflowing from some of the restaurants in downtown Portland over the weekend. Right. But the key is the weekends, they're generally okay anyway. Yeah. The key is to fill in the gaps on weekdays when they're not full. That's where Mm -hmm. they can make a profit. So if they're already going to be full on a weekend, that it's great if you want to go. Don't, no one's discouraging anybody yeah. from going to a restaurant, but the key is get out during the weekdays and uh, and support your favorite restaurants or even some that aren't your favorite that yeah. you've never tried before that you're just curious about because you've been hearing about. Though that's important to do. So get adventurous. Um, get adventure. Yes, I ha- have a Portland food adventure. Hey, I yes. got an idea. Let's there call. Go. Let's let's name a company <laughs> by that. There you Speaking go. of which, trips. I got some space for Bass Country in three months in April, late April. Great trip. It'll be the fourth one we've done. We've got room for two. We also have room for two to Sardinia in um, September with Austria Ensign. That's going to be a great trip. Two left. Do you want to be? So everybody wants to be the two people who go. It's the people who take action that will benefit. And then we also have a trip right after that in October to Andalusia again with the folks from Ordenera. And we've got room for quite a few. We're half sold out to that, and it will sell out, I'm sure. So, uh, and there's plenty of time. And the important thing, Court, is this is something for everybody to look forward to as they go through this winter with all the rain and gloom and doom. There's sunshine in front of you. Yeah. So, um, they're great trips. If anybody has any questions about them, they're welcome to contact me. I'm easy to find at portlandfoodadventures.com or I don't know. Am I giving my number out here? Yeah. Why not? You have five more. Yeah, 503-314-4221. I'd be happy to talk to you about trips or anything else that's on your mind. I'm a good therapist. So, um, <laughs> food therapist, I guess. I don't know. So that's that. And then, uh, we have Alex and also we call him Alexander Diestra of King Tide Fish and Shell down at the Kimpton River Place Hotel, whom we've had on before, episode number 278, which was uh, middle of uh, 2021 in June. Go listen to that one. We talk quite a bit more about his uh, Peruvian roots and his journey to get to Portland. And now in this interview today, we cover a little bit more about what it's like to be a young 
father, a father of a toddler while you're running a busy kitchen in a hotel restaurant. The difference between a hotel restaurant and some of the other restaurants where Alex has worked and, um, you know, how it is, how it is. Um, we, we also discuss how it is managing people and keeping them motivated in 2024, where we've heard that it's a little harder to, to generate work ethic in your employees in this day and age. That's just something I've heard. I have not yeah. experienced that, but it's something I've heard. So we talk about that with uh, Alexander. I have since he's going to Hawaii this uh, right after the interview. And I since hooked him up with our friend Vitaly Paley to do a little kampachi farming. So that that should be fun. Maybe to hear uh, a follow up later about how that went. Maybe with Vitaly. That would nice. be cool. Yeah. So um, at any rate, that's all. You got anything, Court, other than this interview coming up? And that's why we're here. I don't. Let's uh, let's go to it. Good deal. Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets. Unsurpassed quality from the best meats and wines to local baked goods, fresh flowers, and an extensive craft beer selection. Step into Zupan's and be inspired for your next meal. Food-loving customers and local chefs know that Zupan's is the place to find the very best Northwest bounty in Portland. West Burnside, McAdam, and Lake Oswego. Local and family-owned for over 40 years. Zupan's Markets. Ringside Steakhouse. For over 78 years, Ringside has been providing the best steaks and has been the home of the beacon of great hospitality in Portland. Make a reservation today at ringsidesteakhouse.com. And while you're there, sign up for their mailing list to be the first to find out about exciting specials and events going on at Portland's beloved Hallmark Restaurant, Ringside Steakhouse. And by Portland Food Adventures. It's your opportunity to travel to the world's most celebrated food destinations with Right at the Fork host, Chris Angeles, and some of his favorite chef friends. Check out PortlandFoodAdventures.com for exciting and delicious itineraries to Spain, Italy, and elsewhere. Stay in great hotels, eat incredible food, and leave the planning to Portland Food Adventures. Alexander... Chris, my friend, how are you? I'm all right. You're now, we're now, we've proven that we're not very good technicians at this. So, <laughs> yes, but, that's, what I, that's what I say in the kitchen. Right. But we improvised and it's working, I think. Mm -hmm. So let's hope. Um, but I really appreciate your taking the time. You are a busy man. And that's why I wanted to talk to you because last time we spoke, I believe you were at the end of your tenure at Andina and you moved over to King Tide where you've mm -hmm. been. And that's a quite a different gig for you to work for a big hotel corporation or pretty big hotel corporation versus a private owner in Portland. So this has been, uh, it's been your biggest gig of your life, right? You're moving up, moving on up. Yes, yes, for sure. It was uh, definitely a, a big change uh, for not just for me, for my family. You know, I think uh, seeing the how big the corporation was and the opportunities that it was uh, presenting day by day it was uh, it was definitely a different beast. Uh, but it was good. It was a good change. Um, you know, being in Andina, it it, it 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 was a lot of commitment, which it was. 
very successful. And then I think the Andina team and I kind of just put our heads together and then we were able to come up with something very special that um, it paid really well at the end. Um, but it was time. This opportunity kind of was thrown to me and it was a perfect time just to take that next step. You know, I haven't been in hotels since, my God, many years. You know, my first job was at the Embassy Suites, Poland downtown. And I was there for nine years. That's kind of, that was kind of my school in the beginning of my career. And, and then you forget a little bit about what, you know, hospitality is sometimes, especially with a hotel, because it's not just uh, a restaurant. It's also, you know, you see it as a, as a big unit. Uh, there's many guys that you got to deal with and there's other things uh, that you learn. And at least from in my experience to remember what it was to work in a hotel. But it's been, um, it's been, and, and I'm sure it will be a very pleasant um, uh, career for me in the future. Well, you know, you look really young. You don't look like you have a lot, a ton of, uh, you know, different restaurants, but you do. You uh, know, you have, uh, you, as you said, at the Embassy Suites, which, by the way, that would be where Mother's is now, right? You were in that, that would be right, the kitchen exactly. there. Right, exactly. Yeah, they, I believe. I mean, it went through so many changes on that bottom restaurant i don't remember there was uh it was a steakhouse for a little bit right that i remember but then you went to sauce box clark lewis you've been around the block and you don't look like you've been around the block you 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 got a youthful look there which is also interesting because you were a brand last time we spoke which was 2021 mid pandemic Mm -hmm. you were a new father and so now you've got a couple of father, years of fatherhood under your belt, and yeah. you're also got a lot of children in the kitchen that you're that you're looking after and making sure they're doing the right thing. Uh, how's the balance working out for you? It's good. It's good. Uh, I think uh, you know, Arandina. I was always trying to do my best to make up a little bit of time because, as you know, I had a newborn. Um, and I think this place gets me a little bit of uh, freedom to be able to play around with my schedule a little bit. So it's a way I can be here full time and I can also be with the family uh, full time as well, too. I think, uh, you know, within the experience and as and soon as you start adulting, you know, and, and in creating a family, I think priorities change a little bit. I don't think it's just... Uh, it's not all about you anymore. You know, there's, there's, there's something to build, something to create. Um, and, and that's, I think that's the most important thing for me that I was able to separate both ends without um, giving less to each, each of them. Do you think that perhaps being a father makes you a better chef, executive chef? Uh, there? I don't know do if that's it, what it, it teaches is. teaches you anything? I think it's more of uh, it's it, it just kind of you know I'm always being very organized with my time. It just it tripled that. It just pushed me to to be more organized because time, as you know, time is is everything, and it, it just gets me a little more of a timeline on my days and what to do when. I don't I don't think um, it's it's a it's an amazing thing to be a father. Of course, it get, I think it gave me a little more patience than anything else. Um, and, uh, you know, being in a hotel is a totally different story, too. You know, it's just uh, now with the pandemic happen, as you know, there's it's hard to find people. And, and, and I think we're still trying to slowly trying to recover. You know, I think it's going to be a great year for a lot of restaurants and, and our community. And, 
and I'm looking forward to that. Well, and we're speaking right after the shit show of 2024 occurred in Portland for a lot of restaurants. And, I know. Uh, we're, you know, and then now that, now that I think about it, you're in a hotel. You've got guests there from around the world staying there. You had to, did you have to stay open? Uh, during we the- had to stay open. We're in a hotel. So, um, right. uh, we were booked the whole time and, and people got stuck there. So we had to be able to provide some sort of meals for our guests right. and, and they had to be here, you know, as much as we can. I mean, I think we, we managed very well. There was very, um, a lot of circumstances, just like our, you know, other places had a lot of challenges. Um, but we kind of, you know, pushed through it to make sure that the guests and also our employees were uh, in comfort and, 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 and safe more than anything else. Yeah, well, they had to get there. And then your suppliers had to get there, too, unless you were able to, you know, believe the weather reports and get supplied <laughs> ahead of time. Yeah, How did that no. work for you? It was a surprising for sure. I mean, we never, you know, it always, when something like this happened, it, it just, there's going to be so many uh, uh, comments about the weather coming up. And, and sometimes it doesn't happen that week and it maybe happens that week after. And I thought that was the case this time. It, you know, the next day, everything was shut down. I mean, we have many, deliveries that got pushed two days after when it's supposed to be arriving. So we just had to get creative and being able to just come up with something, you know, a, a shortened menu or adapt. So that way we have um, meals for our guests. You know, there was a time that I picked up some stuff uh, at Chef Warehouse, you know, some dry goods just to kind of get us rolling. There was, there was no other way. But, well, I'm sure that guests would be just appreciative of the fact that they're not out dealing with the storm, the ice storm, and that they can eat and they're in somewhere comfortable with generally a nice view and a nice location too, not dealing with slippery streets necessarily. I don't know. But um, yeah, but you had a completely different set of circumstances because I've seen quite a few chefs post on how they got killed being closed for a few days absolutely smashed their profit margins for the month. So they're just trying to keep their head above ice now, but you had a built in clientele. So that's good. And then, so you moved in the middle of the pandemic too. So you've overcome a lot of challenges because you not only had that to deal with and there through the pandemic. So this was 2021, you moved there. So not the first year. So I guess Mm -hmm. things were up and running a little bit, Uh, but you've, uh, You've been under a little bit of pressure because as we kind of, as we've already talked about, you, uh, you know, have to run a big kitchen and lots of unknowns with the pandemic, lots of unknowns with a child, right? You can't predict every day. And, exactly. uh, I'm sure you're a participatory father. So, um, yeah, you've swung the big bat, man. You're in good shape, I would think. Thank you. Yeah, and it was, um, you know, when I came here, it was, I didn't know what I was expecting. You know, it was, as you mentioned, it was very uh, green in a way. They were just starting. You know, they were also closed for quite a bit. The hotel kept on running. They had some, you know, uh, just a selection of food to give to the to the guests. But that was it. They had their restaurant kind of starting up. And, and I mean, the same challenges we had on the Arandina, you know, it was, it was, Hard to build the team, but as you know, patience is patience is everything. Even though sometimes uh, we don't want to have it, we don't choose to have it. But 
that's all the cost, and we were able to build a really good team, uh, being able to produce and create an identity for for this place as well too, which is like a, a driven you know uh, seafood concept. So when you went over there, was the pl- initial plan? They obviously found you an att- attractive proposition. Have you ever been called a proposition before? So no, an attractive. <laughs> Uh, the idea was attractive to them. Was it, you know, you definitely have some chops and have been around the block and you work places where you weren't doing P- Peruvian food or any kind of Nikkei food. Mm-hmm. Um, but was that, is, was that part of the appeal or did you sell them on the fact that, Hey man, I'm pretty good at this. Uh, let's, let's, let's do a little, let's, put some Peruvian flavors in here, some Japanese flavors, because you'd been working on that at Andina. That was a big part of your charge at the time was to take that in a little bit of a Nikkei direction. I don't mm-hmm. know if they still are, but um, but so was that part of the appeal to move to King yeah, Tide, to move uh, it a little bit? Exactly. I think that was the intention in the beginning. I think um, things kind of changed a little bit just to because we were trying to read the clientele you know we have the portland clientele and the hotel clientele as well too but we have i will say right now we have a menu which is very uh pacific northwest inspired and with hints of peruvian and japanese flavors still so we still stay true to the chef chef's identity i would say um well we keep things uh, a little more familiar so people can be able to uh, enjoy better, a little more friendly, I would say. Uh, well, that's well, that's good. And so, people who are coming to the hotel, you know, if they're looking ahead of time at the website, you can read and see that you're doing some Peruvian Japanese stuff, but it's not necessarily the name of the restaurant. King Tide Fish and Shell doesn't necessarily hint towards that. You have to. Mm-hmm dig a little uh dig a little deeper so um but that's i would imagine you had to do a, quite a bit of you have to you know with with your team you have to update them on exactly what you're doing because it's not something that's done in a lot of other restaurants in uh, in right. portland at least mm-hmm. have you have you been able to get to um down to peru in the last few years to Maybe update your, um, you know, refresh yourself on it? No, not really. I mean, uh, I think we've been so busy in the last three years, you know, with the baby coming, uh, that we are, we are planning a trip sometime next year. And then we're trying to actually take all the family with us um, for an adventure, you know, um, just because I haven't been in a while. You know, actually, my mom is going next month which is it's a huge deal for her because you know she lived her whole entire life over over there in peru uh, but i do have my research which is my mother you know she's always up to date on everything all the trains that are happening in peru and she has the foundation of the flavors and uh it, you know peru has changed so much through the years uh, it's it's such a culinary destination for a lot of people nowadays and there's so many cool things happening i just I'm so proud of of my country and what I have, you know, achieved. It's no longer a surprise when restaurants in Peru are winning top 50, you know, right up there in the top 50 or uh, 
getting Michelin. Are do they do they have Michelin in Peru in Lima? Do they not? I you know I'm not a, I'm I'm not sure to be honest. I I thought Central and Mido have like a few stars, but I think they're more of a, a accolades on the fifty best restaurants. I think. All right. Well, so yeah, it's not surprising. And you and I, along with Andina, are we're starting to put the plans together to get down there with everybody. I still want to do that. That kind of died with the pandemic and with you moving. So hey, you know, you're talking about having an adventure down there. I was, I have ideas on that too. So yeah, no, I would love to do it. I think you know, there's so much that I don't know that I haven't visited. You know, before I move here that I would love to visit, you know, connections are there. So it's just a matter of buying the ticket and getting out there. Well, also, you know, part of what we do with Portland Food Adventure is not to be doing a, a PSA on that in the middle of an interview with you is the idea to be with you and hang out with you because you don't get a lot of opportunity. I would imagine to get out and dine or go drinking with friends like maybe you did before you had yes. a family. So, um, so it's an opportunity to go down and be able to spend some time with you in a cool area and utilize your connections. You don't necessarily have to have firsthand experience with that, with those things, but you have, you have secondhand experience with your mom and I'm sure you have some other connections as well. So mm -hmm. um, there's that opportunity, but do you think you're a fun guy to hang out with? <laughs> Not to put you on the spot, but yeah. I mean, do you get to do that anymore? Do you get to feel that part of yourself any longer or are you so busy at work and home that you, you know, that part of you is uh, you're waiting to pick up again in a, at a later time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, there's so many memories out there. I think uh, when I was at Andina, you know, that was the whole uh, background of it. You know, where have I dined, where I used to go when I was uh, hungry or we got out of the beach and what was the hole in the wall. Um, that's that's kind of like the of memories that I that I have still, you know, I hold them close to me. Well, those are good. And I generated a couple of memories through our relationship because you connected me with Peter at Andina. And mm -hmm. then I went to visit, uh, Lama Inn and Lama San in New York City. And that was, that was kind of fun. And that was great. That, yeah, I'm glad that you had the opportunity. It's awesome. I wish you had that opportunity. And we were trying to get, you know, put it together to do some, home and away events with them too oh, what's yes. the name of the chef i'm trying uh, to remember eric eric, eric right eric yeah. so we were close and it was all in the middle of the pandemic and he was dealing with piles of shit in new york city with two restaurants yeah so, and i think he also uh had a um a, a plan to open up a restaurant which he did up in spain oh in spain yeah yeah oh i didn't know that he just got a little small restaurant up there well, the food was great. I've subs since been back once with a bunch of friends. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, it was great. A little pricey, but it was New York City. So that's exactly. what we expected. I think we had, how many people did we have there? Six people there. And that bill was, uh, it was running right around 1500 
bucks for six. So some, something like that. I know I expected it, but my friends who I took, you know, they saw the menu, but when you keep ordering a little of this and a little of that and a little of that, it gets, gets a little crazy. It builds so. up. Yeah. It, it adds up. So we don't talk food too much on this podcast, but I'm curious and, you know, I'm guilty of not having, uh, patronized King Tide. I've been meaning to get in, but, um, how do you, what are some of the dishes where you're utilizing some Peruvian influences and fish, which of course is a perfect thing, but what's, what are some of your favorite dishes over there now? Yes, yeah, so I think uh, the most popular dishes that we have right now that I stayed through when I started is the our ceviche. So it's very uh, similar to our our uh, a ceviche that you will see in Callao, which is you know uh, close to Lima in the city, um, and that has been a signature dish since day one. Um, and then we also, I mean, our sauces, base sauces that we use for most of our dishes are it has a little bit of flavor from Peru. There's always, we still use our spices, uh, you know, like our amarillo or rocoto, just to kind of flavor things up. Uh, but I will say the ceviche, and what they call it in Nikkei food is our tiraditos, but it's pretty much our sashimi style, uh, a crudo, or a crudo uh, dish that we have, which is made out of uh, campachi. Very nice. I had an opportunity to go out with uh, Chef Paley in Hawaii, and you know, he's oh, nice! Oh, that's yeah, right. I forgot that he moved out there. He's and he's also working with the. I don't remember the name of the organization per se, mm -hmm. but the Campachi Association out there to promote Campachi around the world. So he's wow. he's doing some pretty cool things. I have a question. Since in the last year, I have become very fond of the Aura King salmon that I pick up at Flying Fish. Do you yes. use any of that in some of your dishes? Because, we, man. We uh, have used only once as a special, um, and it was we decided to do it in like a more of a crudo style because it was so special, so fatty. Uh, mm -hmm. But it's just such a high price, you know, to put on the menu. I feel like maybe uh, if we price it in... <laughs> And, uh, and a little higher, I think people get a little too scared about purchasing some of that, you know, high price. I think you just need to do a good job on the menu of explaining how special it is because, you know, I personally have become this advocate for it. Like I'm telling everybody, you got to go buy some of this. It's great. Mm -hmm. I eat it as just sashimi or I put it in the air fryer. Yeah. Oh, wow. Eight. Look at you. I think everybody nowadays uses air fryer, huh? Right. For eight minutes, man. And I got to tell you, everybody I've served it to, this is, this is great. I'm giving, uh, a very well, uh, very respected chef, like some, I'm, I don't call it advice, but suggestions. Yeah. I, yeah. everybody I've served it to eight minutes in the air fryer, man, with a little bit of, a little bit of seasoning on it has said it's the best salmon they've ever had. So, yeah, no, really, really anyway, good fish. Really good fish. Yeah, it's pretty good. Not So I suggest put it back on. If for no other reason, you'll draw me from Manzanita and to uh, sit down. <laughs> All right. It doesn't oh, only no. take that, but I'm just saying. Just saying. I haven't had a, uh, a, a chef prepare it yet for me. I've been doing it myself. Mm -hmm. So... Um, I think it could probably be better even. So Yeah, maybe I can come visit sometimes over there. Oh, yeah, you have a you have a standing invite, my friend, and I got I got space. So come come visit 
I'll, you know, bring some of that and we'll, we'll all be good. I yeah, love people to take over my kitchen. Cookout, barbecue or anything like that. Vaseline yeah. is beautiful out there. It's beautiful out there. Anything like that. So speaking of that, are you, have you been able to get away at all with your family and, and uh, do some you fun know, things? This year we haven't gone anywhere. Uh, we oh, actually have plans. Yeah. We have plans to go to Hawaii actually here in three days. Uh, oh, my nice. first time, first time to Hawaii. We're going to Kona for like five days or so. And oh, well, let me, let me hook you up with Vitaly. So maybe you can go get some campachi with him. Yeah, that'll be great. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen Italian, my God, since he was uh, Imperial, man. It's been a while. Yeah, um, well, it's but, been uh, a while. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, but so. I've never been to Kona. We're really excited. We're taking Zion, my, my child, with me. And, and it's going to be an adventure, you know, because I think it's a, what, it's a five, six-hour flight, something like yep. that. Um, I just took my first trip there in August. First time I'd ever been to Hawaii. I have one more state to knock off the list, Alaska. Hawaii was number Alaska. For me. Yeah, I've been invited so, to Alaska to go fishing uh, midsummer. I don't know. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, I'd yeah. like to go there. But anyway, yeah. so, um, well, that sounds great. Um, but uh, let me send you a few suggestions in Kona because they were all Vitaly's suggestions. So oh, that's, that's what I'm all about, chef suggestions. Yeah, I don't know so. anything about Kona. Just know that it's a beautiful island and, and the well, weather is perfect. Go, go and get a home equity loan before you go, home equity <laughs> loan. Because <laughs> it's, it's not – inexpensive but it's uh you'll really enjoy it and i'm sure at this time i think it, we went snorkeling man it is real it was really awesome and i kind of the first day i was like nah i don't need to do that sitting on the beach just looking at it is fine and then i got in the water and went snorkeling and you couldn't get me out so um i hope you get to do that and i hope you get somehow to take zion doing it because it's pretty cool I know, so, you know, he's in that age that, you know, he just wants to do every single thing that I saw that it was, I, I do enjoy seeing. Um, but yeah, we're, we're going there in three days. It's going to be great. Uh, last year we got to go to the beach quite a bit. We went to Rockaway. Um, and then we spent most our, most of the summer pretty much camping, you know, out there. It's beautiful out there. Oh, nice. You didn't, uh, you could, you should have let me know you were here. Would have been fun. I got, I got a few suggestions on the coast too, on where to go. But you know, how old is how old is Zion now? He's two and a half now. Two and a half. Yeah, not mm -hmm. the most fun time to go out to good restaurants with a two and a half year old. I guess so. I don't know. We. Uh, he's a very particular kid. He's very picky. He's a very picky eater. It's it's uh it's funny to say that being a being a chef, you know. Um, he just like his, he for some reason loves orange chicken. I don't know. It's probably the sugar that he enjoys the most, I guess. What does he like? Orange chicken. Orange chicken. Okay. That's it? That's it. I mean, he likes a few other things, but that's just uh, his favorite just meal. Oh, you got to break him of that, man. You're too talented to have a kid that's not appreciating more than that. <laughs> I know. I know. He's oh, very man. eater. I think, you know, he got sick when he uh, was very young. You know, when he started going to daycare, of course, if you get all those uh, diseases, I would say, <laughs> all those viruses, uh, right. and he got sick, and it kind of just threw him off a little bit. But he's he's getting back up there. You know, I wonder time. what it is because I have friends who have kids who are a little older, and they're always sick, always. 
I don't yeah. remember that growing up, always being sick in elementary school or junior high school. I don't remember that being a thing that, that everybody was always sick. What is going on now? Yeah. I mean, that was a new thing to me. I mean, first kid, you know, um, when I was growing up, I, I don't remember being sick that much, but I mean, he was getting sick like every month and I think every week. And then we were like, what's going on? Yeah. And then we start talking to other parents and they were saying, oh yeah, that's just a normal thing. Like a normal thing. I know. That's thing. what that's I'm finding. Like fun. I had uh, one of my dear friends who right now shall remain nameless <clears throat> who said to me the other day, her son was sick for seven, eight days. And I, she said, you know how it is with kids. And I said, no, like, I raised them myself. Know. I didn't miss anything. <laughs> they were not sick all the time. And I know, um, you know, I have other friends who have grandkids and those kids are sick. One of the three is sick all the time. So, wow. geez, I don't know what that is. And I, you know what? I've never heard anybody talk about it, right? We talk about how everybody's eating too much sugar and everybody's overweight. What about what about this? What's going on with that? Mm-hmm. So I don't yeah. know. Yeah, yeah, no. Like I said, apparently it's a normal thing. Uh, the, the the parents always suspect, and uh, it's not just the kids who get sick. You know, it just goes around and and everybody, well, right. everybody goes down. <laughs> it's really tough to deal with because you can't be sick going into work, and so mm-hmm. it creates some. Uh, some major problems, but um, at any rate, that's something I actually have never, I've thought about it on an individual basis, but globally, it seems to be a thing now. And uh, I feel for you, it's not easy to be a parent with all these things going around now. What's your favorite thing about being a parent? What what have you, uh, what gives you the most joy? Uh, my favorite thing being a parent, I think, is just to, play with him, enjoy being present. You know, uh, all this time in my career, you know, it was really hard for me to make time for people. Um, and this is putting me a stop in a way of making time. You know, I enjoy, because as you know, I mean, you, you, have, you have a kid, um, you know, it just, life happens so fast. The next day, they're saying something else. The day after, they're a little taller. I, don't, I just, I don't want to miss Every single thing. That, well, and then the next know. thing you know, they're 30 years old. I know. And, and I mean, so, that's, you know, I want to be there as much as I can. So that way he knows that I'm always going to, I'm always right here. Well, I'm going to say that's a noble and the, like, of course, that's what you're thinking. But there will be, there may be times in your life when uh, you're almost wishing you were very busy, that you don't necessarily want to be around. Oh. So, and they're going to be wish, and they may be wishing, or he uh, may be wishing, you know, you were at work. You know, when you get into those teen years, it's not the same. So enjoy, oh, I say, sure. enjoy this little angels, most of them until 10 or 11 at least, and then you go from there. You see, see what you got. And you know, there's no, there's no amount of parenting that can, um, end up being a guarantee for having, you know, the kids just be the way you want. You can't control a lot of it. So Mm -hmm. you do your best. And I hope if you accomplish nothing else, you expand that palette of your son. So, um, that'll make life easier for you and your wife. Yes, 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 for sure. Yeah, but we're so, very pleased and happy right now with everything has happened. You know, this as I think as a, everybody, everybody has challenges. Uh, 
but were we able to maneuver and and get out of them, you know, in, in a very positive way, which is great. So, speaking of children, as an as a chef at a how many chef, how many uh, employees do you have there at King Tide? Uh, just kitchen, I would say fifteen. Um, fifteen. Yeah, one five. So, we, how do you navigate this? Um, these times in 2024 where it's not only tough to get people, there are some eggshells to walk in terms of political correctness and um, lots in the kitchen that maybe when you years ago, when you were, you know, at the, uh, in your first days in, in kitchens and then at uh, Bruce's restaurants, um, the, maybe things were a little different, right? They've changed in kitchens now. How do you best navigate that? now in terms of uh, making sure everybody's happy, making sure you got a full complement of team, uh, a full team to to take care of service? Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, I think the key that has been worked for me is to listen. I think, um, you know, I'm very pleased with the team that I have right now that they're being able to Accommodate and uh, being able to coach them how to get excited about something. I think that's one of the hardest things about an industry right now that you, it's really hard to get people excited. So you got to show them something for them to get excited. You know, my, my philosophy is for everybody that is here, including my, my sous chefs, is that, you know, I am trying to prepare you to be better somewhere else. I don't want you to be here forever. You know, I think. I That's just what I was talking about with kids. That's what you can say to your son. I don't want you exactly. to be here forever. Eventually, oh. <laughs> you got to get out. Right. But it's, I think it's really important for them to know because I have, you know, people, I have cooks in here. They're like 19, 20, 21. And maybe they won't cook here in three years, but at least they get what the a work ethic is, you know, because the same thing you can apply for every job. And if... If you got a good organization skill and then you have a good mentality on what you're going through and, and knowing that there's going to be always challenges and nothing is going to go your way sometimes, then you will be fine. Um, can you instill a, Can you instill a work ethic in somebody who just pretty much doesn't have it? Because, you know, just having friends in the industry, that's kind of mm-hmm. what I hear is the challenge now is work ethics and people actually showing up and getting it. Just as you said, getting excited. Uh, mm-hmm. It's hard to get some people excited nowadays. I think they expect a lot for nothing. Yes. And, uh, can you instill a work ethic in someone who doesn't have it? Or I that- think so. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's been a couple um, situations with, I throw almost throw the towel because I was like, oh my God, I don't know what it takes to get you to get going. Um, but I think again that we're you know patient and, and being able to create a plan for them. You know, we are at this company we're huge about uh, mentoring them and then you know moving around within the company and then letting them know there's a lot of opportunities for you. You know, we have that to offer and I mean, for me, it's just more of trying not to give up so fast so that way they can get rolling or at least get something out of it, you know. Or maybe, hey, if you don't like this, find something else. I'm very true to them as much as I can, and I'm very transparent so they can just wake up a little bit, 
you know, and she's like, yeah, you know, I don't like this. I'm just going to go somewhere else. Okay, cool. And have you gotten to the spot? I assume you have where it's not a question of you're saying, if you don't like this, of you're saying, listen, this just is not for you. And why don't you go get a job with Instacart or something like no, that? No, no, I have not named, <laughs> I have not named <laughs> any other companies. What I have said is I, and you know, we had a meeting a couple months ago and I said like, you know, if you don't feel that you're happy, you know, there's, there's all the opportunities for you that might, feed you better. And that is, I think that is a, a true statement to say to people, you know, it's, sure. it's sometimes people think that they're like, I'm stuck here. I took this job. Now I have to be here every day. I'm like, no, not really. You know, I feel like everybody is um, smart enough to make their own decisions and, and know that there is many other opportunities out there that you can pursue. Yeah. And I think one of, but one of the nice things about working in your industry is even if you don't like it, if you put in a little bit of time, that's a skill you can use for life, right? Mm -hmm. That's exactly. uh, not necessarily for your career, but it's kind of nice to know how to chop, properly hold a knife, and uh, and cook. So you, they can pick up a lot of good things. It, it's a it's a privilege to be under your tutelage, I would imagine, and uh, so they've got that going for them. All right, Chris, we are pausing just a moment to talk about one of our favorite places to eat in Portland, Ringside Steakhouse. And I'm going to say, if you care about service and you like good service, great service, Ringside is the place. I Can't mean, I've beat. discussed this with a number of friends. There's nowhere in Portland that has better service than Ringside. Now, there may be some that have as good at times but ringside, you know, you're going to be taken care of when you go in. So every single time, absolutely. Right. And it's cozy, what? and it's the food is great. Let's not forget that. But uh, if you want to take someone and, and make them feel special, ringside is the place. And why not take them on, say, a Monday night where all night long it's their prime rib three course dinner special. You get mixed greens, you get the prime rib, of course, along with the horseradish and Yorkshire pudding, and then you can wrap it all up with creme brulee. Are you a Yorkshire pudding fan, Court? I enjoy it, yeah. I yeah. love it. And uh, I know that I, I've enjoyed it all uh, quite often with their prime rib special, but also I've had the, we've had the batter. We, we got the batter in a kit. I don't know if they offer that, but we asked for it, and we mm -hmm. made Yorkshire pudding here uh, for some friends, and it was just delicious. So oh, Very nice. Yeah, very nice. And also, are you aware, yes, you are, that they have merchandise now? I'm looking at their, their apron, a ringside apron. Who wouldn't want a ringside apron for grilling outside or, or inside? Yeah. Now, I, I, I've been envious of these for some time, and they introduced these last year. And, uh, it'd be, you know, for the ringside fan in your life, a great way to surprise them with something different. Right. And it's always nice to get a gift when it's not Christmas, when someone's just not expecting a gift. Yeah. That's the best time to surprise someone. So I would suggest take someone you love to ringside. And then go to the bathroom and come back with a t-shirt, a hat, or a, or a, uh, or an apron. One of the, th one of those. A little surprise. Nice. Yes, exactly. 
You can uh, make reservations a couple of different ways. You can go to the website, ringsidesteakhouse.com. That's, of course, where you can find out all the different hours, um, things that are going on at uh, Ringside Steakhouse. Make your reservations there or hop on the Open Table app and make it through the app. Exactly. Best thing you can do. Ringside on West Burnside, or you can find them at ringsidesteakhouse.com. To go back, what do you got planned in Hawaii? Uh, we don't have any plans. We are staying at a sun resort. Uh, by the way, my wife has been so great that she's been planning everything. Oh, so um, you just don't know what they are. I just don't there know are plans. Are. Exactly. Uh, my birthday happens to be on the 28th, so I will be spending uh, my uh, my birthday over there. Um, but yeah, we don't really have... Oh, what a coincidence. Exactly, right? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, there's no... Besides relaxing, you know, I think my wife and I haven't had the chance to, to get out. Um, before the pandemic, or right when it happens... When it happened, we were about to go to a wedding in Europe, so we bought tickets, and we were going to go pretty much to Italy and Switzerland, a bunch of those places, but everything got canceled, you know, uh, due to the pandemic. So that was kind of our our honeymoon in a way. Uh, But, yeah, so this is our first time in two and a half years that we haven't been out. Oh, man. Well, good for you. I... Hope, do you get a chance to go out on date nights with, with uh, your wife? Not so much. We try to do here, there sometimes, but uh, I think uh, it's hard now with daycare and not daycare, but having a babysitter and stuff like that. I have, I don't really well, trust that people. Yeah, they're expensive now. When I did it, it was like, uh-huh. you know, when we got babysitters, it was like 250 an hour. So, um, you know, that's crazy now. But I will say this, not that I'm trying to uh, indicate that I know anything about anything, but I was, I was a, a father of two with a, in a happy cleaver like family. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up being a single father. It's important to get out on date nights and yes. not make everything of it to, to be able to revisit what you had before you had children. Cause right. You guys mm-hmm. fell in love. You guys, you, you two fell in love and you had what you had before you had children. And then I think, kids can be you know can take a lot of the energy out and some of that energy is really key to keep keeping things strong so you got to have you two he's still young you'll get to the point where it's a little easier uh-huh. to get out mm-hmm. but um i agree just, yeah i think it's really important to get out and have date nights and have that feeling without everything being uh, about a kid man i am so politically incorrect on this podcast today but <laughs> Who knows what people are going to think of me? I'm like the old man, get off my lawn with the kids. No, but, I don't uh, think so. I think, you know, it's a, it's a great conversation to have. It, it, it's, it's always so important to talk about those uh, family things. It, I think it's nice. really important to have this, the foundation of the two of you. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think that kids, people focus on the happiness of kids so much. I'll just say this. My parents didn't focus on our happiness. They just said, get out of the house, come back <laughs> later sometime. Keep yourself occupied. That is no longer the case any longer. The parents have to keep kids occupied. So it's a whole, it's a whole different thing. So um, does that happen in the kitchen? Do you feel like you have to be on everybody or you, you, you're obviously trying to nurture independent Mm-hmm. Uh, no, no, I think uh, there. there is some challenges here that, of course, is always, but I think it's, uh, 
it's better where I can remove myself and let them make their own mistakes as well too. I think that's probably the best because before, I mean, I, I don't feel like I was micromanaging in my past experiences, but I mean, you got to understand it's also your name, right? So that's on the table. So of course you're going to be on everybody's um, right. work, but uh, you know, and you got to be a little bit of a perfectionist, man. You can't just like settle for at 80% exactly. at a restaurant. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah, but I, I do have, you know, two important sous chefs that they do uh, that job as well, too. So it kind of uh, spreads it out instead of just, you know, to 50% at least. Of, well, that's cool. Well, this is putting you on the spot a little bit because I didn't give you a heads up that I was going to ask this. But do you have um, some good friends in the industry that you still stay in touch with that you uh, enjoy? So, you know, just to... Uh, have some diversity in life that it just isn't in the kitchen and at home. Uh, you got some pals you maybe hang out with a little bit? Uh, no, really, uh, to be honest. Very little time to hang out um, outside of uh, work or, or, or house life. But I speak, you know, sometimes with uh, the owners from BCR, so Joe Rogers, which is the I – lo- I know that they only have Clark Lewis now. You know, about that's it. That's all they're left with. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. If you do the math, mm-hmm. that's that's it. Well, thankfully, yeah. they still have that one because that's an I- iconic restaurant in Portland. And it is, yeah. I mean, I, they switched the whole thing around. I mean, I don't think they have their wooden grill, fire grill, whatever. They have a pizza oven now, I think. Um, but I respect them a lot, you know, because they taught me quite a bit on, on how to be meticulous and and just work hard, pretty much. Um, so, and that's why probably I lasted so many years with it. <laughs> how do you feel about a restaurant? So everything's changed since I think you started. What year did you get to Portland? Uh, 2001. Oh, that's, see, that's a long time ago. That's before mm-hmm. the food scene really blossomed. How do you feel about, you know, Clark Lewis became iconic, Wildwood, Paley's Place, all those places were around, and then – you know, let's face it, when the before the pandemic in the late teens, you had to be something new and shiny to get the attention. We live in this kind of crazy world where everybody's interested in what's new and what who's doing something new, pop-ups, right? Mm-hmm. How does it how do you do you is it you or a marketing team that has to keep you out there relevant to the public? Um that's I would imagine that's got to be a little hard right now. And even at Andina, that was tough because that wasn't a chef-based restaurant for a long time. And they brought right. you in, and there was a name all of a sudden. But before that, it was Andina. And we live in, the, in, a, in an era where chefs generate attention. And I know you've generated attention at King Tide and at that property where I never paid attention to it before. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I mean, how, how do you, you know, so now we've, we've lost a lot of our icons. We mentioned Vitaly, Andy Ricker's gone. We still have, but we got some. We got Gabriel Rucker and we got Earl, right? Earl is now the kingpin of Portland, I think. Mm-hmm. Earl Ninsom, right? How do you feel about all of that? Um, or do you not concern yourself with that? Do you just put your head down and cook? No, no, no. I, I, I looked at everything that has happened in the past 10 years, I'll say. I think um, the way I see it is that all those places that have clothes and there were icons icons back in the day, they're always going to be remembered because they were the to-go places for a lot of people, especially for 
uh, people, you know, I mean, people that have been visiting there for a long time, right? Right, uh, and they've been training grounds for people like it, you. Exactly. Um, and I think it's also great to have all these other places, new places, pop-ups, you know, because it keeps us chefs like old school like us to just keep on keeping up. You know, I, I just feel like as a chef, you can just retire in a way. To me, it's it, it, it just not that way. It's just more of like, just enjoy your craft and then just try to keep up. And, and especially for the business as well, too, because if you stay in the same way for how many years, I mean, and you don't have a clientele, I mean, eventually you might close, you know? Right. Uh, and then I, I agree with you. People are always looking for something new. People want to, I think people are, are too into diversity and cultural pop-ups more, you know, nowadays that it became a huge thing. You know, you have Carlo, you know, he's yep. out there now, pretty good. He's out or, there in Denver now, man. I it's know. A, and then you have people like Cameron, no, for Morcella that that he's doing something very unique to the Northwest, right? So I so guess I that's why I asked you the question before, if you have buddies, not so much to go out and drink, but right. are they inspiring you? Like, do you see what Cameron does? Because it's different. And does right. that maybe think you make you think I got to do something with this menu? Have you thought of bringing pop-ups and maybe collaborations? I, I don't know how many you're doing or whether you're doing them, but even more so to bring a little energy into, you know, what you've been there now um, three years almost coming on three years. Mm -hmm. uh, do you feel like you need that energy to, uh, I think so. I think it's always good to rub on their energy on anybody's that is driven, pushing so hard. You know, I think Kimmer and I talk a while back to just kind of do a pop up together. And I think that's the goal of, uh, River Place and Kintai to, uh, do more of that because we have the room, you know, we have the space. I think it's just, a matter of creating something unique and get Kintai a little more involved and more involved within the community, you know? Because, mm -hmm. you know, people see you as a hotel, you know, they don't really think that you're a local restaurant, right? Uh, right, so but you're much. there. Mm -hmm. So just your being there makes it special unto itself. Mm -hmm. So, so you know, there was a time when the, when the restaurant hotels, I mean, the hotel restaurants <laughs> right. were the thing. I remember thinking, oh, my God, David Machado and Vitali are geniuses. They got built-in clientele. And then, you know, who knew that a pandemic was going to hit to make that, you know, even Jose, Chesa. Oh, my God. He opens wow, at a hotel. Yeah, yes. very sad. You know, thinking he was he was doing a great thing, and it was like the worst thing he could have done at the worst time. So I know um, it's tough. but. Um, but anyway, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of, uh, I guess that's why I was asking that to see if you were drawing energy from a lot of the people that you either observe or you're still friends with. It's good to hear that you're friends with Cameron Marcella too, because so, he's doing. Yeah, it. no, I'm always up to date on everything that is happening, not just locally, but also international as well too, uh, to make sure that we keep up with the trends and, being able to do something new and not be stuck. You know, I think it's important for me and as well as important for my employees uh, to not stay in the same spot every time. I think that's good. You know, my, my friends at Urdaneta, they take their staff t to Spain every year. Oh, that's great. And, you know, it's not an easy thing in this day and age 
to mm-hmm. um, to be able to afford that, right? To fly everybody over there, put them up, and go to go eat. But you know what? That works because all those people know their craft. And you talked before about being passionate and being excited about what you do. That mm-hmm. I think that makes that's got to help that entire staff be more excited that they get that's to go great. to. That's great. You know, that's one place I haven't been yet. I haven't met him either. But oh man! I heard good things about him. Yeah, I'm happy to make an introduction, and I'm happy to go there with you too. So um, it's a good thing. Better yet, figure out a way to get to Spain with us on our trips. That would be that's the way to go. Oh. To do you guys have country. a trip coming up? Yeah, I got one in April at Basque Country. I got oh, two wow. spots. You two want to come? Can't have the third. <laughs> but um, but at any rate, so um, yeah, there, and we're going to Andalusia in the in the fall too. So southern Spain. So anyway, I think that's cool. And if you can find a way for your company, of course, it doesn't come out of your pocket mm-hmm. to get to Peru with your staff. There's a way to juice them up, and I think. Listen, I don't know your industry. I just know a little bit. But wouldn't that provide a pretty cool atmosphere in the restaurant, not only front of the house, but, but I mean, not only back of the house, but front of the house, too? Yeah. If everybody, yeah. If everybody knew everything, so they're able to speak a little, um, speak about it with a little more authority. So, um, all right. Well, listen. Man, I really appreciate your taking the time. We had uh, some technical difficulties, so we're way beyond what I asked you to commit to as far as our hour this morning. So I really appreciate it, man. And it's, you know, one of the things I love about this podcast is, as I said, even if I had been in the restaurant a couple of times, you'd be in the back or you may not be in that day. This gives me an hour. We, You know, you and I got to know each other a few years ago. Um, and it's great to be able to spend an hour with you and share that experience with others, which is um, so how people get to know you and hear you. Because who gets to sit down with you for an hour? Who out there, who of your customers gets to chat with you for an hour? So my privilege, our privilege, and I really appreciate it. Thank you, Chris. Thank you for having me here too as well. Too. It's always been a pleasure talking to you. And, and I'm glad that we uh, cultivated a friendship um, uh, and, and just – Look into the future, man. Yeah, well, speaking of the future, let me, uh, I will hook you up via however you'd like to be hooked up with Vitaly. If you're going there, maybe he could, would love to, you know, get together. There is, what's the name of the place we went for breakfast? Oh, I'll get, I'll get you that. There's a place yeah, you can all, let me all three go. I'd love to see. It's, I think it's just the coffee, ha- the, the coffee house. Uh, no, but I'll get it to you. And, uh, that's, Perfect. Easy. There's a few places that I know. So that would be great. Enjoy yourselves and then let's get together and let's maybe talk. I, at some point, I'm going to get back to doing occasional events with Portland Food Adventures. You know, we haven't done that since mm-hmm. we were the first one back was going to be at Andina. Never happened. I know. And every time I try something, it just isn't happening the way that it should. So, but let's see if we can put that together. That would be fun. Sounds great. All right, man. Thanks for connecting and thanks for agreeing to do this. And thanks for doing it under adverse conditions with holding your phone to your ear so you could, we could (laughs) do this. And 
And let us pray that it actually worked. But I see you recording and I'm recording, so we should be good. Take care of yourself and I'll see you soon. You too. Thanks, Alex. Bye-bye. Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Food Podcast PDX or on Facebook at Right at the Fork or online at rightatthefork.com. Right